Welcome to the Bethel Free Baptist Church Weekly Sermons. This is the first morning service of Sunday the 6th of April 2014. Here to talk about his mission work is Brother Michael Schmidt. Well, it's a joy for us to be back here in England, back in Birmingham, back at Bethel. And uh, we're planning to go to Mexico this year. And... Um, I'm very thankful that we have the opportunity to come back to England and to see you again, have fellowship with you, and um, to share also a bit about what we want to do so you know how you can best support us and pray for us as we will be away for a longer time. Um, if we could maybe just turn these lights off and then be possible maybe just see um, better. Okay, so we're Michael and Lisa Schmidt. And we will be working in Mexico with an organization called Pioneers, which I believe most of you will have heard of by now. Um, I've heard about Gareth and the work that he's doing, which is the same organization. I came to know the Lord um, at a young age. My parents were Christians, and they taught me very faithfully God's word. And um, I knew from a very young age that the Bible was the word of God and that Jesus died on the cross for the sins of men and that he was the only way of salvation. Um, I knew all those things, and yet, when I was six years old, I came to the point when I realized I was still a sinner. I was still not following the Lord Jesus, and I was going my own way, and I needed him to save me. And uh, I believe it was on that day, when, when I was six years old, that God saved me, changed my heart, and um, I became his child. Lisa, similarly, also grew up in a Christian household, and came to know the Lord at a young age. And both of us, um, after we became Christians, um, we saw how much Christ has loved us, and we wanted also to live for him in some way and, and to serve him. And I never knew, how can I do that? I thought I could never be a missionary. I could never be a pastor, a preacher. I could never stand in front of people and speak and... Um, so as, I, as the years went on, I was wondering, one day I, I found out, I heard about the need of um, Bible translation around the world, and that there's still so many languages that don't have God's Word. And as I'd grown up um, with different languages, a German father, English mother, and they started a Spanish-speaking church in Germany. So that was something that interests me, that I had some abilities in, and I thought maybe that is what God wants me to do. And as I, throughout my years, as I got to know different mission organizations and um, different kinds of work, I, I found uh, God led me along the way, every step of the way, so that I'm here today now and finally can say this is the year that um, Lisa and I will be leaving for Mexico. Yeah, we're on our way to Mexico. As you see, Mexico is not in South America or in Central America, it's in North America. And um, the place we're going is called Chihuahua. So. Welcome to Chihuahua. That's what you probably um, know or think of when you hear the word Chihuahua, but it is also the name of the state in Mexico, the largest state in Mexico, in, in the north of Mexico, on the border to Texas. And um, the capital city is also called Chihuahua, and that is also the state where the dogs come from. Here we can see um, the border to the USA. And here in El Paso, is, uh, in, belongs to the United States. That's the nearest airport for us to fly into. And um, when I first went to 
Mexico to visit Mexico, and I was in El Paso. You can look over to the other side of Mexico, the city, Ciudad Juarez, and you see the mountains in the back. And I found this photo here. And if you look carefully, you'll see in the mountains here, there's some white letters, some, some big letters that have been placed there. And um, there's another photo where you can see it maybe a bit better. Um, and it says something in Spanish. It says, um, can you read it, Angela, or is it too difficult? Okay. It says, la Biblia es la verdad, Leila, which means the Bible is the truth. Read it. That was a message that the Mexicans, people on that side, were like throwing over towards the United States, the message that they were telling them, United States, the Bible is the truth. Read it. And we were a group of young young. Uh, people wanting to do a short-term missions trip to Mexico, and I was wondering, wow, they seem to know the truth already. Why are we going there in the first place? Um, what are we going to tell them? That is the message that we want to tell them, and here they're telling it already. So we'll hear a bit more about why there is a still need, a need for missions in Mexico. Here we see again um, the state of Chihuahua and uh, we have here the Sierra Madre Mountains, and here you see the Copper Canyon. You may have not heard about the Copper Canyon, but I'm sure you will have heard about the Grand Canyon in the United States, and uh, which is a massive, you've seen photos, I'm sure. And the Copper Canyon in Mexico, by some dimensions, it is even larger than the Grand Canyon. Um, that is the area, roughly, where we will be going. Um, to serve. This here is one photo just, just to give you an idea of the mountains of the canyon and what it looks like. And here in this area of Mexico is where the Tarahumara Indians live. There are about 100,000 of those Indians. They live scattered throughout the mountains, throughout the canyon, in little places, isolated, no good roads that lead you there. Many places can only be reached by foot or airplane. Um, you can get to some places by car. Where we're going, it's by car, but it's a long and bumpy road. It's um, four, four or five hours to the nearest city through the mountains by car. And um, we will be joining a team of missionaries there um, that are working among the Indians. And um, to give you an idea of the work that is going on at present before we will be joining them, we have a short or uh, a 13-minute uh, video that's been made by the missionaries who started the work. to a remote Indian village called the Place of Tears wasn't our plan. God, in his wonderful, wise, and loving way, led our team into this ministry over 10 years ago. Nararachi is a remote village situated in the rugged Sierra Madre Mountains within the state of Chihuahua, Mexico. For those of you who may not have heard much about the Tatamata people, Nararachi, or as we call it, La Mesa, is where we base our village ministry. Before we give you a recap of the last two years, let's begin our time with a brief introduction. The majority of the tribe still live scattered throughout the mountainous region in small villages and ranches, just as their ancestors have for centuries. While there is a growing number of Indians moving into the cities to find work, the traditional Tatamata has chosen to remain on his family's land where they survive on corn and beans. While living in primitive mud block houses or even caves, 
They spend their days collecting firewood, herding goats, working their fields, fetching water, or drinking corn beer. The Tarahumara call themselves Raramuri and pride themselves on being a strong and tenacious people, and for good reason. Most of you have probably heard of their long-distance running fame, and they're considered by many to be the world's premier ultra-marathon runners who commonly compete in races that last more than 12 hours and sometimes cover over 100 miles. With their frequent illnesses and associated fears of being cursed, they often look to the witch doctors for help, and regarding their religion, they practice a blend of spirit worship mixed with folk Catholicism. They consider God a distant and weak being and believe that through their animal sacrifices, they are actually sustaining his existence. If you were to visit the village on a Sunday, you would see Taro Maramin and boys in jeans or loincloths arriving with their burrows to load food and wares for the week, along with the women dressed in brightly colored skirts, many purchasing a Coke before they congregate to hear the traditional sermon delivered by the chiefs. As a backdrop to the work among the Tarahumara, it's important to understand that like many Native Americans, they have a long history of abuse and neglect by outsiders and frequently respond with reserve or distrust, a dynamic that the enemy has successfully used for generations to keep the truths about God from their hearts. disciples as our primary objective, we continue to work hard in building trust and looking for people who the Lord has already prepared to receive his word. To do this, we use a number of bridges or tools in the village to bring us close to our Indian friends. Literacy is one of these tools. When we began our work in Mount Adachi, we found that only a handful of adult Tatumatas could read and write. With God's enabling and special gifting, Andy and Deb Kramer have developed an effective literacy program that was implemented in both La Mesa as well as a number of outlying ranches. The effort to make these weekly hikes into these remote areas to hold classes has demonstrated God's love and faithfulness to the Indian students. And out of these trips, we've seen some wonderful fruit. In addition to learning to read their own language, the Tarumadas have been learning about God as many of the primers are based on Bible stories. Work as our learning center, as we call it. It's a small schoolroom that was built close to our homes in the clinic, and it allows a more structured environment for tutoring or group classes. Many of our team members have given countless hours teaching and tutoring the Indian students who show up regularly with the classes. Our hope and prayer is that these students will one day be able to read God's Word in their own language and even become leaders and pastors in their own communities. Among the many gifts and abilities represented on our village team, God has placed among us co-workers with skills and creativity to develop training and discipleship materials in written, audio, and video formats. Under the experienced supervision of our coach, Joe, and with the invaluable help of Tarumara friends, combined with the servant-hearted work of team members, Andy and Deb finished the first draft of our discipleship materials in the Tarumara Additionally, they've developed an effective language course that is currently being used to teach our missionaries the Tarumara dialect.
opportunity to spend a few days with us in the village, you probably notice that our team tries very hard to open our homes and lives to our Indian neighbors. We found that God often gives us opportunities to speak of Him as we sip coffee or share a meal together. The Tarahumara generally are a gracious people who also appreciate it when we visit their homes. It's becoming clear to us that it's in this context where the most important sharing and discipleship takes place. Besides literacy, hospitality, tutoring, and some limited development work, our team also offers medical help to the Tarumara people. On any given day, our team will treat on average 15 to 20 patients. Malnourished children, high-risk pregnancies, tuberculosis, parasites, pneumonias, and injuries account for much of the medical work. It isn't unusual to have a patient nervously open up to us that he believes his illness is the result of being cursed. What a wonderful opportunity to tell of the loving protection and forgiveness our Lord Jesus gives to all who trust him. In order to effectively attend to the health issues in La Mesa, we train and employ a number of Tarumara friends who work as health promoters and translators. Our team recognizes these relationships as wonderful opportunities to share the Lord and disciple our Indian co-workers. Our long shifts in the clinic allow us much time to get to know each other, share of our Lord, and frequently pray together for our patients. Where medical work is practiced in a village setting, it's not uncommon that some of the first to believe are the clinic health workers. Domadis, one of our missionaries, has a unique ministry tied to the medical work, and she'd like to tell you about it. The Galiki ministry is an important part of our clinic ministry. Galiki is the Tarahumara word for house. We use it to refer to our three little patient houses next to our clinic. Since many of our patients have to hike more than two hours to get to the clinic, the Galikis provide a place for them to spend the night, especially for people from far away, severely sick patients and their family members, and long-term patients. Since my house is surrounded by these patient houses, I make sure together with our health workers that the patients have sufficient food, blankets, firewood, and everything else that they need. The clinic days are often so busy that we do not have a lot of time to talk with our patients and to get to know them on a deeper level. Thus, it's a special twofold blessing to have the patient stay for some time. In the medical sense, it enables us to get a more complete history, gives us time to teach the patients and family members important health concepts, supervise the administration of medications, assure adequate nutrition of malnourished kids, and to monitor the progress of severely sick or long-term patients. On the other hand, the Galikis provide a relaxed environment to spend time with the patients, get to know them, build friendships, and share Bible truth, and share Bible truth if they are interested. Even though it is sometimes tiring, since I can have people knocking at my door as early as 6 a.m. and as late as 10 p.m., 
It's a special privilege to have our Tarahumara patients live so close, gain their trust, and become their friend. We have found that these friendships have in return opened doors for us to come and visit them in their houses in the communities and stay there for a while. We believe that the Galiki ministry is an essential part of the clinic ministry to share Christ's love in a tangible way with our Taramara friends and thus will help to expand the kingdom of God in the Sierra Taramara. In La Mesa, we understand the Lord's command to make disciples also includes mentoring Christian workers into the likeness of Jesus and service to Him. And the village ministry gives us an excellent environment to do just that. As our team reaches out to the Indian people, we also host believers who are considering working in missions, and we try to offer them a first-hand look at cross-cultural ministry, as well as what life in a missionary team looks like. The village also provides a good training ground for our new co-workers as they learn language, culture, team values, and ministry principles. Our hope and prayer is that the work in La Mesa will continue to challenge Christians into missions and be a basic preparation for future teams that will minister both in the mountains and the urban centers. One very special area of mentoring has been to offer Mexican medical professionals the chance to experience and consider what working in missionary medicine is like. Most recently, one young physician, Paco, invested an entire year working as part of our team. His love for the people and willingness to serve endeared him to both the team and to the Tarumadas. Pray that God will continue to send us doctors and nurses to mentor in medical missions. As we look forward to the next few years, we ask you to pray with us that the Lord's kingdom would come to the people of Naraji and continue to extend to the most remote villages of the Sierra also pray for our team that we would have an increasing love for God, each other, and the Tarumara people, and that our work would bring our Heavenly Father glory as we live and proclaim Jesus. Who knows, maybe someday they'll rename it, the place where people rejoice. Okay, so this is the um, location uh, where we will be living and working. And those of you who receive our prayer letters may recognize the photo. Of, that's what we have as our header on the top. And um, you can see, maybe very barely here, the building with an antenna, which is the clinic. And uh, then over here is the house where we will be living um, when we move there. And on the top of uh, that mountain are several other houses where the missionaries live and where they have a literacy center. Um, the houses for the Indians where they can stay in. And a little bit further down is the village um, of the Taramara where they live. What we will be doing, we're not any experts in medicine, um, as many in the team are, but the team had prayed for many years that God would send them somebody that would help them in the area of language and translation, and particularly for Bible translation. And so it was an answer to prayer for them as well as uh, for me or for us, uh, that God showed us a place where we can serve. And so much of my work in the future will involve uh, translating um, the Bible 
and, um, but also maybe teaching them to read and to write because the vast majority of them are not able to do so in their own language. Some, maybe 20% of them can read in Spanish, but just maybe about 2% of them can read in their own language. So this was one time I was uh, helping this Indian man to read, um, reading through a Bible story. And um, I didn't know any of his language or anything of the words that were written in the book. But I was told by the missionaries that it's pronounced exactly the same way as in Spanish. So I was able to help him. And he may, was reading something, and I could tell him, no, this is, you pronounce it this way. This is how you say it, even though I didn't have an idea what he was saying. But I could uh, help him to learn to read. Another aspect of the ministry, as you've seen, is hospitality, having open doors, welcoming in uh, Tarahumara. And we experienced that when we were there in the summer. We stayed in, in one of the houses, and uh, I think first or the second night that we were there, there was a knock on the door in the evening, and there was this lady here um, with, with her children. And uh, it was hard, difficult to communicate with them, but we could tell that they wanted some food. So we invited them in and we had a meal for them, um, but it was difficult to speak with them because none of the children were able to speak Spanish and uh, the lady knew some, just a little bit of Spanish, so we could barely get by. Um, so, so there's a big need for us to learn their language. That will be one of the first things that we will do when we get there. Now, um, any people here that know which language this is? German, yes, okay. And uh, does anybody, can anybody understand it or read what it says? Yes, yeah. I am the way, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, does anybody know where we find this? John 14, verse 6. Um, actually, my question is, does anybody know where we find this actual sign, where I took the photo? Um, any ideas? In Germany, perhaps you might guess. Um, but this photo was taken in Mexico also. Um, it was taken in the nearest city where we will be living. And in that area, there's also a number of Mennonites that live there. And they speak a certain different dialect of German. But this is the Bible that they use is the high German that we also speak. Um, and they're Christians among the Mennonites in Mexico. And they have churches. And they're even proclaiming the gospel. Um, but it's, of course, difficult for them to reach the others if the Mexicans don't know any German, much less the Tarahumara Indians. And for the Tarahumara Indians, um, if you gave them a Bible in Spanish, that would not help most of them. Number one, because they wouldn't know Spanish, and number two, because they wouldn't know how to read it. Um, so there's a big need um, for them to receive God's Word in their own language and to be able to read it. Here's another photo I took when I was in Papua New Guinea. And um, we see here a very famous worldwide brand, Coca-Cola. We see that Coca-Cola makes a great effort into bringing their product all over the world, to every location, to every corner in the world. Even Papua New Guinea, which is on the other side of the world, and even into tribal situations. Here we see people um, in their traditional wear and uh, we see this man here, Coca-Cola bottle. It's part of normal life for many people, even in the remotest places of Earth, not just in a big city like Birmingham. Here, another photo. 
and the Tarahumara Indians. Here's an Indian girl, and there's a house, and there's Coca-Cola uh, available there. We heard in the video that many buy a Coca-Cola in the village. So Coca-Cola has reached already their location, has reached them. They know about Coca-Cola, but they do not know about the gospel. And um, we can think about what Coca-Cola does, how they go, how no way is too far away for them, no place too difficult to reach. Um, and they put their best efforts to give their product or their advertising everywhere they possibly can do so. And everywhere where they've not been yet, they try to get. And um, I've read some statistics. I don't know how true they are, but what I've heard is 97% of the world's population have heard about Coca-Cola. 97%, so almost 100%. Almost everybody in the world knows about Coca-Cola. And 72% in the world, they have seen Coca-Cola. It's available for them. They can see a shop or advertising. Um, it's right there in their day, daily lives. And 51% have tasted Coca-Cola. They've had, had to drink. They know what it tastes like. Um, Coca-Cola has reached yeah, their, their person, their innermost being even. Now, when we think about Coca-Cola and what they're doing and, and the wonderful, great success that they have, um, we should also think about the gospel, that we have something far greater, something far more important to give to the world that the world needs. And Jesus said to the woman at the well, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. There's no comparison between Coca-Cola or water or any other drink or any other um, product in the world and, and the living water that Jesus Christ has to offer. And that is what we want to share with other people. What they need most is Jesus Christ. And I'd like to close with uh, the, this portion of Scripture in the Bible that you probably know well, Matthew 9, 37. Jesus speaking to his disciples, and he said, The harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. And he said that 2,000 years ago, and today we could still say the same. There's still a huge need for missions, a huge need for people to go out and share the gospel with other people. If it were up to me now to go and say the next words of this portion of Scripture, continue what Jesus is saying, I probably would say, Something like, therefore, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples of all nations um, because the need is so great. And Jesus does tell us to do that at the end of Matthew. But here in this portion of Scripture, what he says next is, pray. He says, pray ye therefore, the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. And I know that is something that everyone here in this room can do. You don't have to go out and be a missionary in another country. I hope there will be some people here that God will call to that, to go out and serve him in another country and uh, make disciples of all nations. But what we all can do from where we are at home is to pray. Pray that the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. And so pray for your missionaries, and I know you do that. And um, Lisa and I are also very thankful for those of you who pray for us and um, keep continue praying that God would send us out. We're still not there yet. We're aiming to go to Mexico 
and um, be missionaries, but we still need to get there. And uh, so pray that the Lord would send us out. And um, if you would like to receive our prayer letters, um, we have a table there in the back, and you can uh, take a little prayer card with you as a reminder to pray for us, and you can uh, sign up for our prayer letters by email or by, by post. And we are very thankful for every person who prays uh, for us. So that's all I have for now. If you, you can also see more uh, items that we've brought from Mexico, more photos and booklets um, after this service. And feel free to talk to us if you have any more questions. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm.